You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. This episode is brought to you by EC Pedals. If you've been listening, you know EC has been sponsoring some episodes, but they've done two great things that I really appreciate and I think you should too. A, they've supported MBR and B, which is most importantly, they're offering you $15 off a set of new EC pedals. You can go to rideec.com slash radio to get the information, print off the coupon, find out all the details over there. Second sponsor for this episode, we have Wasa 24 You can go to wasa 24com for information about the race, signing up. They have a 6-hour, 12-hour, 24-hour, several different categories, several different races going on. It's a great time. I've raced the 24-hour Wasa 24 several times. I've raced in all categories, 6-hour, 12-hour, 24-hour, solo, team. It's a great course, great venue, the awesome vibe. So, I mean, there's the thought that 24-hour racing is, well, it has pretty much taken a hit. And uh, there's a few great events left, and this is definitely one of them. People make a noise all night, uh, talking, racing. It's a, it's a really good vibe. That race is July 30th, the 31st in Wausau, Wisconsin at nine mile recreation area. Here's the cool thing. If you're in the area and you've been thinking about racing it, you can get 15% off by being a listener. You can use code July 15. That's July 15, the number 15 until July 15th. So head over to wasa24.com, sign up, put in the code July 15th, save yourself 15% right there. Awesome. Thank you to EC Pedals and Wasa24 uh, for getting on board for this episode. And welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by Kenny Wisdom, and only that, just Kenny Wisdom. <laughs> so we have a rather action-packed, uh, short, sweet, and uh, snotty episode to burn through tonight. Like, Kenny doesn't sound snotty, though. Not yet. He might start dr- like like draining and just be like, <laughs> 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 So Kenny, what was that little uh, wisdom bomb you just dropped on us? Uh, we were just talking about a particularly a particular segment of cycling products that is getting really popular, and it's become a price point uh, price point competition. And the point I'd made was, when you have a race to the bottom, somebody will eventually hit the bottom. That is that is valuable valuable wisdom right there. And I think that's what we're seeing. But anyway, uh, we don't have to, to talk about that. Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Kenny Charles. But no, unfortunately, I am a little bit sick. I got a little bit of a sore throat, so I might not be talking a whole lot. But um, anyway, that's the deal. All right. Well, you do anything interesting this week? Um, no, not really, to be honest. Yeah, it was just... not uh, – it's been super hot. It's just not fun to ride. Um, you know, I've gotten to the point where – I've been like a sort of fair weather rider just Uh because I don't feel like being miserable if I don't have to be miserable and Uh it's just ridiculously hot and humid. Yeah. So anyway, that's the deal. I may do our little one lap of Memphis thing this weekend, uh, this coming weekend. (laughs) The race, the race to beat heat exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll see. I'm probably not going to do, if I do it, I won't do the whole thing. 
um, I'll probably just stick around and get on like a shop single speed because I think it might be a little nasty in places, which is pretty normal for this particular ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like tearing up my really nice bike. So, yeah, I'll probably just ride a shop demo bike and maybe just do like half of the ride. And then I'm going to, I think I'm going to have a bunch of stuff stationed at my house and I'm just going to cut off halfway and then hop in the pool and drink beer and grill out. <laughs> that is a great idea. Yeah. So it'll be a 60 mile day and I'll get to ride with people for half the day and have fun. Um, but not have to like, cause the problem is I'm a very competitive person. Uh huh. And if I start that thing and I, you know, and I know that I'm going to finish at the same place that I started, like I'm going to want to like ride as hard as I can and as fast as I can. Cause that's just how I roll. So if I have a plan of, Oh, well this is my whole ride that I'm going to do, then I'll feel a lot better about it. Yeah. Like if, if I know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm intentionally going to cut it short and you know, other people around me that are riding with me are going to do the same thing. And we're all just going to stop in my house and like, just yeah. chill out. Then. Well, and it's also going to be at the point in the ride where you're starting to have like that mental bad time, like that. I really could just turn and go to my house right now. And you're ahead of time. You're going to be like, it's okay to turn and go to your house at this time. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably, I'm going to do it no matter what, like if I do it at all, I'm going to do just the half of the ride. Cause I've done it for all. I don't even know how many years in a row now. <laughs> And, you know, it's always interesting for sure, but it's getting to the point where I want to do something a little bit different. So uh-huh. that's what I'm going to do. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? Um, I raced Winter Park and I, I beat everyone again. It was. That's pretty awesome. It was like, it was, it was pretty great. Like I, so I entered single speed and I was on my single speed and there were, you can read about it. Like I have a, a race report on my blog, but. Just a really quick recap, like there are three different times that you're doing a one-mile section of Forest Road that is just slightly biased downhill. And so on a single speed, you just get like, I just got like swamped in those spots. Yeah. yeah. But. Wait, you said it was slightly downhill? Yeah. Or just slightly uphill? Slightly downhill. Oh, okay. So like total Swampsville, because people will just pass you on like their 3210. Oh, okay. You know, like they're doing 20 miles an hour and I'm doing like 15 at 120 RPMs. Yeah. The worst for me on the single speed is when you've got like a fairly long sustained climb uh-huh. and you just can't quite pocket in. Like you really, you're, you're just a couple RPM slow of being able to sit down and you have to do like the sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up <laughs> thing. That's such a bitch. Yeah. I'm okay with pedaling like at a slightly uncomfortably slow RPM. Like I've done it enough that I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the first two times I went through one of those sections, like I got swamped. Like, cause I started out by leading the race pretty quickly and then got swamped and then got back in the lead and then got swamped again, even worse. But then like the very last, like the last part of the last climb, six miles from the finish was this stupidly steep. Like I was looking on Strava and there are sections where we, as you like mouse over it, it's like 33% like this really, really, really steep, like double track. And I passed everyone back on that. Like nice. they, they passed me and then I was behind them for a while on the, like the rest of the climb until I got to that steep spot. And like they were, one girl actually told me, she's like, I was thinking about walking and then you passed me, like standing up on whatever gear you have. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Then the rest of it was mostly downhill, but not all. It was like kind of rolly downhill until near the bottom, and it had one more section that was like that kind of flat mile of single-speed purgatory. And uh, I just had to like, until I got to that spot, like I, I had to just like ride. It was like go fast, take chances. Like I just had to ride. I, I basically had to outride everybody. Like from the time I passed them, I had to just go as fast as humanly possible. Well, I mean, as fast as Andrea Lee possible um, until I got to that spot. And it, it it's like there was that section and then another maybe mile of single track and then the finish line. And no one caught me. Like I knew once I got back into the last single track that I was, you know, that I was good. Yeah. And the the next woman who was behind me finished like 30 seconds behind me. So like they had in six miles, I I was only holding them off by 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was pretty wild. It was hard. I felt really awesome. bad afterwards. Well, that's good. I, I looked, I looked bad enough. I was like sat on the ground in the shade in their little pavilion area. And like the entrance to the first aid area for the ski hill was right where I was sitting, but it was like the only shady spot I could find. And like, I was sitting there and I got a look from like the first aid lady. Like she walked out with someone and then walked back in and she looked down at me and I couldn't tell. She gave me that look like, I don't know if you need help, but you're kind of in the way of my door. So what the fuck are you doing here? And I was like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just resting in the shade. And she's like, okay. And I scooted over a little bit away from the door and she went back in. <laughs> but like, she definitely questioned as to whether or not I was okay. I could, I could tell looking at her, but <laughs> so yeah, it was awesome. That was my week. And then I did super walker yesterday and almost died. Just because I was tired, it was dumb. Uh, Matt, anything? Are you excited about your race result? Yeah, I raced Winter Park also, and uh, I got on the podium in Cat One, nineteen to twenty-nine. Nice. Um, I they started nineteen through nineteen to thirty-nine all together, and I just raced my own race. And in the last uh, thirty minutes or so, I was fast enough in a single like so the third time we there was there was single track and then the last little section of like mile downhill road and then some more single track to the finish and I slayed that last single track before the fire road hard like real hard like I was just like you could take that whole section without touching the brakes. Yeah, I was straight murdering through there. Um, and I popped out on the road and I dropped it in the 10 and just got after it. Like, I just went pretty hard the whole way down the road. And then I turned to the single track the last time and I was catching people so fast that they would just, they pulled over out of the way. Like I didn't, I wouldn't say a word. I would just like come around to switch back and there'd be a person like coasting to the side of the trail, putting a foot down. Um, and I probably passed, I don't know, six people in the last little bit of single track like that. And I was able to hold off the other guys that were like chasing. So it was, it was good. It was really good. I went, um, so even faster than I did. Dangerous time was what? 137? Yeah. One thirty. Well, one thirty six forty eight. 
Okay, and I went just barely over 132. And Brady, the winning pro time was 122. So that was 10 minutes off. Yeah, it turns out Brady Cappy is fast. But Brady Cappy did it at 127. So I was only like five minutes off of Brady Cappy. Oh, okay. Or 120. Oh, I guess, yeah, Cody White won. Yeah, Cody White won in like the sub 123. So I was 10 minutes off off of the pro podium. Which, I mean. Baller. I feel like that's really good for me. Um, yeah, the pro podium was like a minute behind me. The women's pro podium. <laughs> yeah. well, it turns out I'm female. No, I'm just saying, like, I was a little confused for a second. Um, so, in a nutshell, I've raced the top fuel twice now. And, I mean, damn, that thing's good. Like, that is a really It's good like it's bike. made for cross country racing or something. It, it is made for cross country racing. That is very clear. <laughs> so. There's was Capius on an RKT? I don't know. I didn't. Probably. I, never I don't know one. if he was on a hardtail or RKT. I didn't really pay attention. Yeah, you could race a hardtail there, no problem. I mean, Andrea obviously did, but um. it was you know there were definitely places where a short travel full suspension would have been advantageous. There were some parts that were like a really, really like grindy, like not too steep, but really like baby head uphill kind of parts of the trail. Like, it was just lumpy, and it was, like, one of those things where I was sitting down and pedaling. Like, that's it wasn't steep enough that I had to stand up, but I was sitting down and pedaling, and I was still, like, wheel spinning as my back wheel was, like, bumping over rocks. Yeah, there's nothing like just sitting and spinning sometimes on a full suspension bike. And yeah. Just, and all you can think of is, like, I'm getting so much traction right now. Yeah, and yeah, I definitely, like, I was, I was a little... Uh, I didn't say I wouldn't say I wanted a full suspension there, but I could definitely like I could feel how I was at a disadvantage in that spot. Yeah, and there was definitely a time or two when I was riding with guys. So they wave started, and some of the some of the older guys caught me, and as they caught me, there were definitely times that like people that were obviously stronger than I was were struggling so much more. Like Andrew was saying, there was one spot where a dude on a pivot less was just like getting jackhammered around. And I was just like, I was climbing in the saddle with the suspension unlocked, just like, look, 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 like dieseling along, like bumping over everything. And he was like working so much harder. Yeah. Um, and it was, and that spot, that spot that we're both thinking about, like that sucked a bunch of energy out of me. Like I, I know at least one of the other women was like kind of closing in on me there. Like she was on a full suspension, like a Yeti Betty, um, something, whatever the cross country, yeah, the cross country bike, uh, the Arc. No, the Arc is the hardtail. The ASR is oh, the yeah, suspension. ASR then. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I bet she's gaining on me right here because I'm, I'm have, I'm a little bit on the struggle bus. Cool. Yep. Should we? Uh, did we have any donations this week? Uh, we did, but I was going to say, and I'm really excited. I get to race again on Tuesday. So. Oh yeah, you're doing that uh, Rattler at Bear Creek. Yeah, the the Rattler series at Bear Creek. Like a little local, you know, Tuesday night race. Yeah. Just a few miles. It's like a 30 minute ride from the house. Well, like 35 minutes. If you're going fast, so probably 40, 45 minutes. What? No, I mean like on a mountain bike, if you're trying to take it easy to get there. Yeah. So we had two donations. Ed Arnold from Colorado sent in $10. And Kyle. Gillespie. I don't know. Gillette Spies. 
I think he sells razors. Gillespie. Gillette. Spies. There's sells, no tea in there. He sells Mach 6 razors. I'm just being silly. That's my You're thing. Weird. Oh, yeah. And then one. also a uh, mountain bike listener, mountain bike radio listener and uh, member, Rob Clark. Uh, he has a friend who came up from Arizona to uh, with his son to uh, to train a little bit in Boulder for a while before nationals in, in uh, California. And uh, Rob sent them to our shop. To uh, to have a little service done on the kid's bike, which is a freaking awesome, like a Pivot Less 27.5, like super, super nice bike. We're doing a little uh, suspension service on it. So thank you, Rob Clark, for doing that. That was real nice of you to refer some people in. Not necessarily a direct donation, but an indirect donation since uh, that work order will go to pay some of my paycheck. Word. So, um... We'll dig right into the questions. Um, Andy from Missouri says, JRA crew, thanks for the show. Or first, thanks for the show. It's great information and always gives me a laugh. I'm building up a size 16-inch or small 2013 felt 920 frame for my sons to ride as they grow through it. I'm short and it'll fit me as well. Yes, it's a sneaky way for me to get another bike. It's It's going to be a joint project that I'll build with my sons. Here's a link for the geometry. I'd like to slacken the head tube angle a bit from its pretty steep and racy 71 degrees. The bike was originally sold with a 100 millimeter travel fork, and I want to go 120 instead to give me a little more squish and slacken the head tube angle a bit. Is this doable or a shit idea? Doable. If I go to if I do go to 120, what other unintended consequences could I create other than the above benefits I'm looking for? Also, if I go 120, do I want a 51 offset or standard 46? Yes. Thanks for the input you provide and keep up the great work with the show. Andy from Pleasant Hill, Missouri. So he actually in in the greeting he spelled it Mo. Sorry, no, I did that. Oh, I typed that part. Oh well, you are weird. I know. <laughs> uh, so a little backstory: I owned a Felt Nine series. I owned two of them. I had the Nine Solo and the the Nine Twenty Race, or I don't know what it was called back then. The nine race, I guess. It was before they went to numbers. It was an alloy hardtail. Yep. Like a decent alloy hardtail. Yeah, it was all XT three by nine with flow rims or arch rims and XT brakes and everything. So, um, if you go to so a couple things, if you get the bike as a frame and fork, you can add a one twenty air spring to a Reba that comes stock on that, no problem. If you want to save money and that's going to be the cheapest way to do it if you do that what's going to happen is the only real thing you'll see is it's going to raise the bottom bracket when it like raises the front end up Uh, i think that's pretty inconsequential though Um, i mean at some point it does make a difference but i don't think you're in that realm of like hurting the bike yet Um, and if you do have to buy a ford you definitely want to go 120 51 offset because 120 will slacken it out 51 will make it quicker but if you want to get away from steep and racy then you might want to stay with standard 46 so it slows the bike down i i think the standard 46 is a way i mean i've done that to basically the hardtail i've got now i did that with the doma hitty i mean bike spec for 100 that i ended up putting 120 on and it's just personally like personal preference wise like i like how that handles like i don't 
I can feel how if my head tube was steeper and if I was, you know, a little lower to the ground that I would feel a little more sketchy and like twitchy and I wouldn't like it. So I like just that tiny, tiny bit of extra, I don't know, like extra room to screw up if you like flop a little too fast. No, it's hard to explain. Like I don't, I can't even really explain what I like about that, but that is just what I prefer. And like right now my world cup fork, for whatever reason, um, it's not getting full travel, even though it's set at 120, I'm getting like a hundred millimeters of travel. Um, but just the fact that it's a slightly slacker head tube angle, I just like it better. So I don't really care about that much about the travel, but I just like the way that it handles. I like for like technical climbing, a higher bottom bracket is not a bad thing. Like you can, you know, pedal up and over a, a, a couple of extra little things on the trail where you would like hit your crank or hit your chain ring or whatever. Like if you didn't have a higher bottom bracket. So I, I think it's, I think it's a good move. Go with the 120 and the, the 46 is what I say. I'm sure Kenny has input. I mean, we talked about this before. I really like the 51 in 120. I just think those longer travel, uh, 29 forks, especially feel really good. Like 120, 130, 140, et cetera. Feel really, really good with the more aggressive offset that 51. However, if your main goal is to slacken it out, then a 120-46 would make more sense. Uh, don't get me wrong, you will slacken it out a little bit. Uh, you're going to... So if it had a 100 and it's got a 71-degree head tube angle, a, um, every 10 millimeters that you lengthen your axle of crown, you roughly uh, decrease your uh, head tube angle by half a degree. So you'd go from 71 degrees to 70 if everything else stayed the same. So even if 51 offset fork, you still are netted a 70 degree head tube angle. So you'll improve there, but if you, the 51 offset is going to reduce your trail number. So your wheelbase is going to get a little bit longer because the whole bike is getting, uh, you know, is getting taller and longer that way. And then the 51 offset makes it even longer. So in the end, you're going to end up, even with the 51 offset, you're going to end up with a more stable bike than the 146 by just a little bit. And it's not, you know, the trail number that we're looking for, it's really, really important. However, that's not the only thing that makes a bike handle the way it handles. You know, you've got chainstay length and overall wheelbase uh, length and everything else under the sun. So, um, you know, I think you'd be happy with either is really what it boils down to because it, either one's going to be an improvement over what you have today. That's true. So that's, that's my input. You know, it, just a little side note here. Um, one of my coworkers, his name is Fernando, and he probably has forgotten more than all three of us know as far as bikes <laughs> go. Um, that's what. That's uh, he's he's you know he's like a little older, and uh, he just you know he's he's one of the he can like give you the all the specs of like a campy eight speed from nineteen fifty or whenever they made those. Um, <laughs> He uh, listened to a few episodes of the show, and he said that his favorite part is when we don't agree with each other. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. There's not necessarily a right answer. I mean, everyone obviously has a different opinion, so um, you know that's what it's about. There is not, there's not the one end all be all bike, and there's not the one end all be all answer. So you just have to know what you're doing when you're doing it. So just educate yourself. You know, when you see these specs on things and you don't know what they are, you know, ask us. Like, hey, 
I'm buying this fork and it's really cheap, but it's got a bunch of numbers and I don't know what the fuck they mean. <laughs> you should maybe ask somebody before you actually go buy it just because it's a good deal because those numbers mean things. It's yeah, crazy. those numbers mean things. <laughs> uh, the one thing I really like these days is more and more, more and more bike manufacturers are starting to be a little bit more transparent on what they do and why they're doing it. It used to be back in the day, if you looked at a geometry chart, they wouldn't even tell you what the hell fork they tested it with because that, like, really, really matters because a head tube angle doesn't mean jack shit unless you know what fork was on it when they measured the head tube angle, right? Uh And they used to never do that, and it would drive me nuts. And luckily, more and more and more manufacturers are starting to put all that stuff on there. Wasn't Niner one of the first ones that did that? Um, I know they gave specs for like 80 and 100 millimeter forks. Like when I yeah, first Niner was them. definitely, they were very transparent about what they were doing. Um, but you know, there was little pet peeves about that too. And it was kind of understood because the 51 offset at that time was really only a Trek thing. Uh, so, but even now I like that more manufacturers are saying, Hey, this is a 525 millimeter axle crown fork with a 51 offset. That's how we measured it. Um, and then you can kind of go from there. So it's really cool. And I really like that we have a lot of options. Um, you know what I'd like to see, I really wonder what it would be like to slacken out a bike even more than they are today and run an even more aggressive offset, like a, you know, whatever, a 58 or something like that. What happens? I don't know. I mean, surely somebody's tried it. Um, but I'd be really interested to see, especially in a longer travel bike, like a 140 29er, for example, what would that thing feel like with a 58? That'd be pretty. <laughs> Does anyone make a fork with a 58 millimeter offset? I don't know. I mean, I just made that number up. I'm not aware of anything other than lefties, uh, a few lefties that have more than a 51 offset, but I could be wrong. Okay. Oh, well, cool. Next question. Next question is from Kyle Gillespie. Gillespie. <laughs> Gillespie? It's Gillespie. I'm sure. <laughs> Gillespie. Uh, so we'll start Gilles here. Pie. The last three letters definitely spell pie. Mm, now I want dessert. Oh, also, I thanks. Want pie. Uh, he says, I found the donate button. Thanks again for doing the show. You guys are saving me a lot of money in ebooks, so I'll send you guys some of my savings. <laughs> uh, thanks to you guys, the mechanics at my local bike shop got a dozen donuts last time I was in the Red. Shop. I do all of my own mechanic work, so I don't have a chance to tip them, but I see them busting it every time I am there. I had a warranty issue on a wheel I needed them to take care of, so I took in a dozen donuts along with the wheel, and they were a little surprised. Oh, man. You mean they, you were, rad. they were appreciative. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, They're I'm, like, what? You don't hate us? Thank you. If I become one of those annoying listeners that sends you a lot of questions, let me know, and I will cut it out. <laughs> I have a lot of bikes, five to six of my own. My wife has two. Each of my four kids has one or two at any given time. <laughs> That's and awesome. I'm always tinkering, upgrading, customizing, etc., and I run into issues all the time that I have to troubleshoot, and that is where my questions will come. I have a question now. If I run 27 and a half inch wheels on a 29er frame, is it going to be terrible? Yes. The bike yes. Is, let's hear this whole thing out, though. Uh, this bike is for my daughter and has 155 millimeter cranks, which should help with the lower bottom bracket. True. My daughter, age 12, started racing in the Washington Student Cycling League for middle and high school this year. She raced most of the season on a 26-inch wheel bike, but she is starting to outgrow it, so I'm upgrading her to a size-small Cannondale F29 carbon. It has 29er wheels, but I have a super light set of Tune Hub Cappiest Carbon Rims in 27.5 that I decided to try on the bike. 
The bike is really awesome. It weighs 20 pounds. <laughs> um, as pictured, it has the WGB wheels. I was waiting while I got some tuned conversion parts. Do you guys have any experience running 27.5 wheels on a 29er frame? Should I just run it with the 29er wheels? So that's the first question. It's possible that the, the 155 cranks would be okay on that. Keep going, though. Um, so the one thing that I think is most important in this is um, your daughter's definitely in this weird gray area where the, I don't know how else to put it, the the F29 is just flat out too big. Yeah. But every, Do we know how tall she is? No, but I see her set up here, and it's like... Yeah, it definitely looks like a bike that's too big for someone. So she's... I'm just going to guess here. It sounds like she's maybe five high high four feet. Yeah, around five feet tall, maybe. Like four... four ten? I have no idea. I'm just guessing here. If Assuming that this setup looks really, really, really tiny on a size small 29er. Well, basically, like, the nose of the saddle is about even with the, the top of the 29 and F29 on the label. Like on that top tube, like the she nose of the a, saddle is pointing at like three or four inches behind the head tube. So the bike is just, she's going to be really stretched out on the bike. Um, okay. Is what Andrew And it's got a really tall, like it's got a lot of rise. Yeah. Um, I think this is something for her to decide. Uh, I think what she should do is you should go to a trail that she rides regularly and you should take both wheel sets ready to go and like side of the trail like you guys go for like a short loop on one wheel set and then swap the wheels and go for the same loop on the second wheel set and then swap back to the first wheel set so you get like one warm up loop on both wheels you know and then swap back again and ride like four little short loops alternating which wheel she's riding and if because the thing is is if the if let's just say that the the wheels detract twenty five shreds from the bike, shreds, you know, just like some made up like how the bike rides, right? <laughs> shreds. But because it's a little smaller, a lot lighter, and more nimble, if that adds forty shreds to the bike, then the bike nets out better for her. But I like if, this arbitrary unit we're using now. But if she rides it with like the 27.5 wheels and she's like dabbing on every other little like thing in the trail, then obviously it's bad for her, you know? So, yeah. And uh, you know, the thing I would be worried about is just, there's so much rise there and I'm guessing she's pretty small. Um, I don't think she's going to have a lot of traction on her front wheel. Like there's just not much weight there, you know? So I, I think, you know, maybe, I think Matt has a really good idea, and I think that also um, having her ride the bike that she rides now, along with trying out the different wheel sizes, like I think all of those things are good. Like, you know, if if she rides it, and then it seems like you know she's more comfortable on the bike she's currently kind of like outgrowing. Like maybe let her really outgrow the hell out of that bike before you put her on this one. I mean, this will be a great bike eventually, but it it looks right now like it is just kind of big i mean as far as 27.5 wheels i think the crank length is going to take care of pedal strikes and whatnot but it's it's a big bike for a little girl so moving on to the second half of his question is uh, it's almost 
impossible to find nice cranks that are shorter than 165 millimeters in anything but square taper. I did something a little sketchy. It has BB30 with integrated circlips, and I bought a threaded sleeve to press into it, but I had to dremel out the circlips. <laughs> uh, it seems to be working fine, but time will tell, and there's no going back now. The crank set is an Origin 8 triple crank set that I'm running a 3-0-T ring for 1x11. I have since found Trailcraft cranks in 152, but they are still square taper. Um, and when I got this question from Kyle, I launched into a long, long, like, quest. I mean, it was like 10 minutes. And no offense to Kyle, but I think the problem is, is a lot of times these people come from a, a mountain bike and motorsports background. Um, and and when, you, when you're looking at these nice holotech cranks, you can't just simply go and punch a new hole in it and, like, re-thread it. Um, you know, that's what the the motorsports guy wants to do is like just drill another hole in the crank and put threads in it and go for <laughs> it. Like, which is totally a thing. If you have, again, cheap square taper cranks, you can make hundred millimeter cranks like that. It's super easy to do. Um, but I know that for the BMX world that that part existed. So I did a bunch of homework and there is a crank called a SENS MX2 two piece crank. Um, and it's based on a 24-millimeter chassis. That's SINZ, S-I-N-Z. Yep, and I sent Ben a link so he can publish that with the show. Yeah. So if you go to jraishow.com and look for this episode, you can find the the link to it. Um, but it's it's a 24-millimeter spindle crank, um, and it is available in all or in 5-millimeter increments from 140 to 170 millimeters. And right now there's a, a pretty popular... Uh, BMX place called jrbicycles.com that has them for $170 and that's not a sale price. Um, so Go to I, your local BMX shop and see if they can order them for you. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I'm not just saying, haha, I told you so, but just more my BMX background kind of, I knew that part was out there um, and I found it and it's 104 BCD, 104 4 bolt, so you can run all your standard uh like narrow wide rings on it so you can run 30 32 yeah, 34 anything 30 and higher yeah so it's a it's a pretty cool thing um it's nice to know that those exist because now in the future if i have a customer that that is is in that boat i can point them in that direction and it'd be kind of cool to try to ride like 140 cranks just to see what it felt like <laughs> no, it wouldn't. i honestly don't think it would matter all right but Kenny, do you have anything to add to this, or are you a... No, the, you know, the bottom bracket height's going to be an issue going to the 27.5. Uh, I know the cranks help a little bit, but I think it's still going to be a hair low. Uh, what else? What's the well, the chainstay is going to be really long. For a 27.5-inch wheel, the chainstays are going to be crazy long. Yeah. You just need to be like the dude who... Rob Clarkson into the shop and just get your kid a pivot less twenty seven five. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really serious. I mean, that's awesome, and it's awesome to see kids on bikes like that. But you know, uh, that's that's not a hundred percent necessary. I think. I think this person. I think Kyle uh, Gillette or Gillespie Pie is is uh, has has a really good uh, start on kids mountain bikes here. I really wanted to figure out the difference in wheel height. Do you know what the difference in wheel size is? Like the difference in like axle height between the two wheel sizes if you were ch- to change wheels? Yeah. It would be about 0.75 inches. 
Right, but he shortened the crank by 0.8 inches. Sure. Or did you were going, I'm assuming, though, I mean, on a size small, you'd have about a 170 on there, uh, maybe even 165s. Um, so that's kind of what I'm basing my uh, my bottom bracket height issue off of. It won't be a big difference. I mean, it's going to be, I don't know, maybe 5 or 10 mil lower than ideal. Um, so... The other problem is, yes, while crank strikes won't be a major issue, you still got a ring hanging out there. And the ring, doesn't it doesn't matter how long your cranks are, that ring is what it is. So, I mean, how many it, how many big rocks is a 12-year-old going to be hucking over the, like, yeah. Know, like I mean, just saying, when you, start, when you start getting an insanely low bottom bracket, I, I just think it can introduce some weird problems. So just keep it in the back of your mind. Yeah. All right. What's our next question? That's it. Wow, that was it. Should That's we it. answer some of the old questions? No, they're all done. Wow. They're I feel I feel really weird right now. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not dark outside and Yeah, it's fine though. Like we didn't have a ton of stuff we had to talk about, so uh real real oh. fun. No, this is like not really that important, but I do want to say something else. Go ahead. I mean you've already interrupted me, just go. Oh, I explained. So we had this bike that came in the shop, and it looked like someone had taken a hammer and hit the front, so like the crank side of the derailleur hanger, with a hammer, just like straight back. Like the derailleur hanger had rotated within the carbon frame. Like, you know how like there's a shape to the carbon around a derailleur hanger, like an ABP, like the Trek-style hanger? that kind of holds it in place, you know, so you can like tighten it up and so that it doesn't rotate around when you ride. Sure. Yeah. It had rotated within that carbon hard enough that it just sheared the carbon off. And I was like, wow, it looks like he hit an armadillo. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, that looks like something that would happen when you hit an armadillo. And I explained to them how like, in the South or like anywhere where it's warm enough, not just in the South, but like you have that risk if you ride, especially at night where it's like someone's on the side of the trail with a bowling ball. And when you ride by, they just roll it out in front of you. (laughs) And, and that's what an armadillo is like. And I had to show people what an armadillo looked like and like play. I wanted to play the sound. Our, Our shop computer doesn't have sound. It doesn't have speakers. So I couldn't play the Screaming Armadillo video, but I really wanted to. <laughs> I thought about playing it on the – I wanted to play it on the overhead, but then I thought better, and I didn't. I might do yeah. that, like, just in the morning or in the evening after we close and just play the Screaming Armadillo noise. <laughs> <laughs> and when they get scared, they jump straight up in the air a exactly. lot of times. It's really funny. And I've actually had one – like, I went by it, and my front tire cleared him, and he jumped up and hit – like the bottom of my hand and my hand shot off my handlebar. <laughs> I didn't know they jumped that high. <laughs> yeah, they jump really high. <laughs> they just, they don't look like they would be that athletic. They can jump probably three feet straight up. <laughs> I mean, your hands are higher than that. You run a bunch of rise. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like I, I explained, I had to explain to them. <laughs> Matt's pulling up memes for, oh, damn, shots fired. 
yeah, like uh, they didn't understand the the gravity of of armadillos really at all. They're fucking weird dinosaur creatures. They are. I need. I really, really want to introduce them to. Th- I'd probably just take them to Colorado Springs because there's a lot of like weird shit in Colorado Springs, so they would fit in there. And I'm just gonna like introduce armadillos <laughs> to Colorado Springs. I'm gonna go like I'm gonna find the coldest place where armadillos exist and import those armadillos into Colorado. <laughs> or not, but okay. That would be terrible. Yeah. All right, so that's that's all I had to say. You were about to say something, but I bet you forgot it by now. Yeah, I did. <laughs> all right, well, that was a nice short show. Uh, oh, I got a new fork uh, this week, and I put it on my bike. Yeah? I got an MRP stage fork. Damn. So 34 millimeter stanchions, 120 millimeters of travel, 51 millimeters of offset. Well, that's cool. very cool. Yeah. I'd like to try that on my hardtail because then I can let, I can for real let you know if I like 120 forks with 51 or 46. So do you have any initial thoughts? Uh, it hasn't been ridden yet, so no. I mean, you didn't even like ride it around in the parking lot? No. I mean, like, I'm going to make no reser- I, There is no such thing as like a parking lot for me, like. I won't know until I'm out on the trail. Like, sure, it turns, you know. I, I, I don't know how else to put it, though. Like, uh, like it's just not, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you can really get a good feel for yeah. a bike in a parking lot. I mean, even, like, the Fuel EX5 feels okay in a parking lot. Yeah, I know I hate the Epic even in the parking lot. We actually had um, a few listeners. One I still have to reply to his email because he uh, he asked me just about trails in this area because he's going to be visiting here and said, you don't have to answer it on the air. And I haven't answered yet in, at all. Um, but he also is like, hey, I've got some specialized bike and I like it. So fuck you Yeah, guys. people are, people are going to get mad and say that they have epics and they go fast on them. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But I don't care. <laughs> I feel like we just keep talking about random things in order to actually fill the whole hour of no, this. No, we don't have to. <laughs> now okay. let's cut it short. Boom, done. Alright, well shortest show of the year. Forty minutes. You're welcome, fuckers. So this has been another episode, the latest episode of Just Riding Along. Brought to you by remember I said that last time you guys gave me a hard time. Yeah. Um, Brought to you by Kenny Kenny Wisdom. Wisdom. And that's it. And Kenny Rogers. Good night. Again, special thank you to EC Pedals for sponsoring this episode. You can head over to rideec.com slash radio to get yourself $15 off a set of new EC Pedals. And also special thanks to Wausau24. Go over to wausau24.com, type in the code July 15th, hurry up on this you have until july 15th to get this done and you get 15 percent off so that's it thank you if you have any questions send them to me at ben at mountainbikeradio.com